Welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by David Drogmeyer and John Kegley, my two co-hosts to talk about this Chargers victory today. It is Victory Monday, but it's not quite as sweet as we're used to, at least the last few weeks coming off of big wins against the Cardinals and the Steelers. This one was a nail-biter, guys, but first, we're three writers from San Diego Sports Domination, San Diego's top sports blog, who started covering the Chargers three years ago when we started our own Facebook Live show, Chargers Domination Live, and this is our first season with the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Well, we have a lot to get into today, guys. I mean, we're going to talk to John about what the experience was like at StubHub this week and then get into the recap of the Chargers' 26-21 nail-biting finish to this weekend's game. And then we're going to get into what went wrong for the Chargers and finish things up in the last segment with what went right for the Chargers. So, John Kegley, you were up at StubHub today. What was that stadium looking like? Uh, a lot like the Cardinal game. It looked a lot like the Cardinal game, but I would say there was more Bengals fans than Cardinals fans, not by much. And I would say the Cardinal game was louder. The Bengals game was a little bit more quieter. The fans didn't seem like they were into it. I don't know if it was the cloudy day that just made everyone feel like not so into it or whatever, but it was a pretty dead stadium until like the final few minutes when they started looking like oh my god the Bengals might win this game yeah well I mean I saw on like one of those last drives Jeff Driscoll was covering his ears so he could hear the play call and I was a little bit surprised by that because there was a lot of empty seats there and John I mean would you agree when the other team's fans don't show up that place has been pretty empty yeah without a doubt um the home side of the stadium is basically pretty full the end zones are pretty full but it's the visiting side that is where it it makes or breaks whether it looks full or not it's either going to be like a sea of red like the chiefs game or it's a sea of empty seats and a bunch of areas on that side of the field if the fans don't show up like the cardinal game yeah that's basically what i could tell just from looking at it on tv obviously you don't get all the angles but that's pretty much what i was thinking as far as that so let's go ahead and get into the game Well, guys, we didn't want the Chargers to get off to a slow start in this game. And the good news is they didn't. Uh, Obviously, they had a slow finish, which is also a concern. But they started the game off, David, on their first drive. Austin Eckler was looking really good. Had a run of 15 yards. Had a Mike Williams catch for 19 yards. Austin Eckler also had an 18-yard gain. And, you know, we were sleeping on Austin Eckler a little bit. We have to admit that. But Justin Jackson didn't get a lot of chances, but it didn't matter because Keenan Allen caught his fifth touchdown catch in his fifth straight game from Phillip Rivers from 14 yards out, David. And they got the fast start that they wanted. Yeah, no, it was good. Definitely a a nice change from uh, starting slow and spotting the opponent points early in the last couple of games. You know, the Chargers come out, you know, Keenan runs a double move and gets open. Phillip makes a, a good throw. Keenan goes up and uh, high points the football and comes down with it and then does a little uh, choreographed celebration. I'm not exactly sure what was going on there, but it was it was a little interesting. But it was good to see the Chargers uh, get a score early and see Keenan continue to roll. Yeah, and we called for that, David. You know, we talked about it before. I mean, a few weeks back when Keenan Allen only had one touchdown five games ago, and we said, hey – 
Look at last season. The last half of the season, he was absolutely on fire getting a touchdown almost every single week. But there were some early red flags on defense. I mean, you could start with the fact that Joe Mixon starts the game with an 18-yard run and has to get chased down by Derwin James. And that led to the Bengals kind of moving at will. They got into field goal range and got three points on the board. But the Chargers did come back and got another touchdown of their own. They kept using Austin Eckler, not a lot of Justin Jackson. But this time, Austin Eckler finishes off the drive with a five-yard touchdown, making it 14-3 to with the Michael Badgley extra point. And, John, how were you feeling at that moment when the Chargers went up 14-3? to I still wasn't confident. Um, the first drive, I started feeling really confident. When I saw that 7-0 to right on the board after a few plays, and there were some nice big plays happening, I was like, okay. Maybe we could blow up this team. Maybe I might see 56 to 10 like David predicted. And then the field goal drive made me feel a little bit nervous. And then the second touchdown drive didn't really feel like the first one. I kind of felt like we were starting to lose steam and we were going to start doing what we did against the Broncos. And I started getting a little bit worried, but I felt comfortable knowing we had a two-possession lead early in the game and not being down 10 like the Cardinal game. Yeah, and the Chargers defense bounced back on the next drive, holding Cincinnati to a punt, but you were right. The Chargers offense absolutely lost all of its momentum because on their next three drives, John, they had three three and outs for a total of negative eight yards on their next three drives with a chance to really get up and get up good on the Bengals and kind of eliminate their feeling of being able to stay with this team and in those three drives you had a Bengals field goal and a Bengals touchdown with a missed two-point conversion trying to chase that extra point and the Chargers guys with basically no time left on the clock in the half with 20 seconds left they get a couple plays it starts off with a good pass to Travis Benjamin he gets out of bounds 11 yards then Keenan Allen for another 11 yards and then a five-yard penalty on Cincinnati put them on the edge of some kicker's field goal range, David. But we didn't think it would be Michael Badgley's range. And he proved us wrong with a franchise-long 59-yard field goal with no time left in the first half. Yeah, I was like, is this real life? Am I dreaming? Did, did a Chargers kicker just not only make a 50-plus-yard field goal, but almost a 60-yard field goal? That was truly amazing. And uh, th- those are those kind of kicks right there can give your whole team new life, new energy. And I believe that 59-yard field goal right there did exactly that. Especially for a guy that, I mean, had questions about his leg strength. Uh, he didn't have it right there. I mean, as they said on the broadcast, it probably would have been good from five more yards. That's how much leg he got into that one. So you go up 17 to 12 at halftime, and then you come out in the second half, and on the Bengals' first drive, you get a fourth and one situation with Joe Mixon, who had been running all over you all day, and the Chargers come up with a stop in plus territory on the Cincinnati 35, stop Joe Mixon for no game, and get the ball back. But this was a the theme to the game, guys. The Chargers were only able to get a field goal out of it to only go up by eight, which obviously is a one-score game. The Bengals did have to punt on their next drive, but the Chargers were unable to capitalize, having to punt on their next drive, which led to a Cincinnati field goal that made it 20-15, to 15, getting a little bit too close for comfort. 
And the Chargers have to settle again for another Michael Badgley field goal. Three for three on the day, which, I mean, guys, I think early running for MVP of this game is Michael Badgley. But, guys, there was another trend that we've seen this season coming true again at the end of the game. The Chargers let the Bengals move right down the field on them when you basically a stop wins you the game. The Bengals go down, get a touchdown, just like they did. I mean, just like other teams have. Where are you talking about Seattle and the Titans? They drove right down the field, but the Chargers ended up getting a big defensive stop on both of those games. And in this game, it came with Darius Phylon, John, sacking Jeff Driscoll on the two-point conversion to conserve a two-point lead. Oh, and that was when my heart stopped racing so fast. I got so nervous after that touchdown drive, and I had the same flashbacks. I was thinking to Seattle. I was thinking to Tennessee, and I was like, this cannot be happening again. And this time it's with a team with a backup QB, their star wide receivers gone, thousands of injuries on defense, and we let the Bengals basically pull a C.J. Beathard on us. And when Darius Phylon broke through the line, I was chasing after Driscoll because I got worried for a little bit. Right when I saw him sit in that pocket, just all nice and looking around, I was like, oh, my God. Come on, someone gets him, and then Phylon just burst right at, into him out of nowhere and sacked him. And the whole momentum in that stadium just went nuts. It went from a dead stadium to a loud stadium. Yeah, I believe it because it was huge. And then the Bengals went for an onside kick because, hey, guys, there was still a lot of time. I actually questioned the fact that the Bengals didn't just kick the ball off considering they still had two timeouts and they would get the ball with about a minute left to only – Kick, get a field goal out of it but not only do they go for an onside kick the chargers recover they get a penalty for an additional 10 yards for blocking a, the receiving team before the ball went 10 yards and put the chargers in very good field position they're able to churn out nine yards or seven yards but the weirdest thing was guys on third and five Philip Rivers keeps a read option and runs out to the right sideline as if he's going to run for the first down. It was read well by the Bengals' defense, but just a really odd play call. But it did get Michael Badgley in a, a very comfortable territory, and he knocked down a huge 45-yard field goal to put the Chargers at five. Now the Bengals would have to go the length of the field, get a touchdown instead of a field goal. And basically, guys, the game ended when Uchenna and Wosu, after the Chargers struggled to get pressure all day, sacked Jeff Driscoll for a nine-yard loss, kept the clock running, and they were only able to get one more playoff before the end of the game. But, David, is Michael Badger your MVP for this game? I mean, I don't think it can be anybody else. The Money Badger hit all of his field goals, including the record 59-yarder. Uh, so, I mean, without the guy, we would have lost the game. So, uh, I mean, how many times in Chargers history did you have any faith in any kicker making a 50-plus yard field goal? It just – it's a foreign feeling. So, it's good to, to see Michael Badgley have success. And hopefully this means that the Chargers special teams, at least on that front, is shored up. Yeah, exactly. And the other thing is, is – how many games have the Chargers lost because of their kicker? I mean, it's been so many going back the last two seasons. And now in this game, Michael Badgley put the team on his back 
I mean, if he misses any of those field goals, the game feels entirely different. If he misses a PAT, the Bengals don't have to go for two on that last drive. It's just, I mean, he changed the whole game, guys. And for once, a kicker actually won you the game, which is just a crazy thing to hear if you're a Charger fan. But we need to get into how this game but we need to get into what exactly went wrong in this game that put the Chargers in the position to have to really scramble towards the end for a victory. But first, I need to tell you guys about what the Locked On Podcast Network is doing on Twitter and Instagram. If you follow Locked On NFL Net on Twitter, you can get all of the Locked On Podcast Network's local hosts covering their NFL team on one feed. If you go follow Locked On NFL Net on Instagram, you can get the biggest stories in just one minute on your Instagram stories and longer cuts on the biggest stories in the feed. So make sure you go Locked On and make sure you go follow Locked On NFL Net on both Twitter and Instagram so you can keep up to date with everything going on throughout the league. Also guys, this episode is brought to you by our new sponsor, that is DraftKings. This Thursday, the Chargers have a huge showdown with Kansas City. This single game will go a long way to clearing up the playoff picture, and it could go a long way for you to win huge cash prizes. Single game fantasy football is the newest way to play one-day fantasy at DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy. I know a lot of leagues are wrapping out, are wrapping up right about now, but your fantasy season can continue by going to DraftKings. If you've been thinking about trying DraftKings, now's the time. DraftKings has taken fantasy football from just one week to just one game, making it easier to draft your lineup. All you have to do is draft six players from the Chargers Chiefs games and one captain and five other players. Your captain will actually earn one and a half times the points. So you could go for Tyrell Williams if you want some value, or you could go with Melvin Gordon if you want a star leading your team. It's that simple, guys. Six players from just one game. And we will actually be having a tournament for our listeners for this one game. We will send the link out on Twitter later on today. So make sure you join up with us. And you can actually play against us this week on Thursday when we pick our players for this game. I'm really excited to do this with our listeners. And right now, if you go to DraftTeams.com or download the app, use code LOCKEDON to enter a single game contest for free this week with your first deposit and compete for your share of over $1 million in total prizes. That's code locked on at DraftKings, the game inside the game. And all you have to do is deposit that $5 and you'll get your free entry to possibly win millions. We'll have much more on this throughout the week, guys, but make sure you click on the link when we put it out there and you can join us this Thursday on DraftKings and we'll see who wins. <laughs> all right. You guys know what time it is. It is the what went wrong section of this show, segment of the show. And you know who we start with on what went wrong. We start with the guy that was up close and personal at the game, the guy that keeps us down to earth, and that is John Kegley. So, John, what went wrong this week? Well, seeing as how this is my signature segment, I'm going to make sure <laughs> I go with the heart of all of this, and that is... We took our foot off the gas. We started this game really well. That first drive looked like a beauty. You you literally looked like we were going to do the Cardinal game all over again. And out of nowhere, you start going away from throwing the ball down the field to wide receiver screens or running the ball up the middle instead of to the outside. Like the first, even the second drive when we 
let the foot off a little bit. We were still running the ball outside with Eckler, and he was getting a lot of space, even dumping the ball off to him. And then out of nowhere, it was like we said, okay, we have an 11-point lead. We can win this game. Let's just be conservative. And we started throwing wide receiver screens or really short passes. There were some plays that were wide open. We literally could have gotten big gains, but we missed them. And whether it be because we threw the ball low and it got batted down at the line of scrimmage, or we decided instead of going for the big game, we dump it off to the running back because we want to be conservative. It was so unacceptable. I was yelling the whole game at the offensive coordinator saying, can we throw the ball deep down the field? You have Mike Williams and Keenan Allen that are hot right now during this time of year. Phillip Rivers is hot. Let's be more aggressive. Yeah, exactly. I think aggression, John, is the main key to this game. It just didn't seem like the Chargers had the edge that they normally played with and especially didn't have the edge that they showed in the second half of that Steelers game where they came out with their hair on fire. The Chargers had so many times they could have put this game away. And I love Michael Badgley, and he had a huge game, but you cannot settle for field goals. The Chargers should have put up 35 points in this game easily, and it's because they didn't have the big plays. That's part of your game. You have to incorporate big plays if you want to put up big offensive numbers and not let the other team just keep running the ball and wearing out your defense, which is what the Bengals were able to do. They outgained the Chargers in yardage, guys. How crazy is that? The Bengals should not be beating the Chargers in total yards in a game. Not this Bengals team. So I just, there's so many things to get into and what went wrong. But David, what stood out to you on what the Chargers didn't do in this game to succeed? They just, they played down to their opponent. I felt like the Chargers are compl- are better than this Bengals team in every way, but you got to give the Bengals credit. They, they hung in there. They played good football. They ran the ball effectively. And they stayed in it. They showed a lot of heart. But at the end of the day, you know, the Chargers made just enough plays to get it done, but that game shouldn't have been anywhere near as close as it was. So it doesn't really give me a whole lot of confidence going into the game against Kansas City because that's a team you should beat handily, and you didn't. And so, yeah, I'm a little worried going into Thursday. Yeah, it doesn't feel good going into Thursday. It just seems like without Melvin Gordon that this offense has a tendency to stall. Also, they just were backed up all day long, and Donnie Jones didn't have the leg to really get them out of it. The Bengals had incredible average starting field position, and when the Chargers are backed up against their own end zone, they couldn't get out of it, leading to other 40-yard punts and giving the Bengals the ball in plus territory on the Chargers' side of the field. But, John, the one thing that stood out to me most was the one thing I really wanted to see in this game, and yes, I know they had three sacks in the game, but the Chargers' pass rush was not there today, and it has to take its game to another level because – Right now, this team is losing in the trenches on both sides of the ball. And if you're going to stand out on one thing as far as defensive or offensive line, you have to go to your two best players in the trenches, and that's Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram. And neither one of those guys looks spectacular today. Joey Bosa does get a sack, John. But you need to have better pass rush than this. Jeff Driscoll had way too much time to throw. And I'd like to add on that Joey Bosa could have had two sacks, but he missed Driscoll's legs on what was that first called a rushing touchdown by Driscoll. That was a huge break for the Chargers, too. Yeah, the referees missed two big calls in this game. That was that that touchdown and Mike Williams' catch in the beginning of the game that they called incomplete. 
stupid call. The pass rush just really couldn't even get through the line. The best I've ever seen them get through the line in this game was when Phylon sacked him on the two-point conversion. Other than that, it was like they were being held at bay. I could not believe how much time he had to throw. I was waiting to see a bunch of sacks. I even told one of the people that were sitting next to me, I was like, dude, just get ready. You might see like five different chargers get a sack today and you'll be able to do the sack dance that you keep talking about wanting to do because he kept complaining about, it's my first game. I want to be able to do my sack dance I've been saving up for. I'm like, you'll get to do it today. No, you'll only have to do it three times. But <laughs> even Nwosu, Nwosu coming in, was amazing but it took him all the way to the fourth quarter to do it and other games he's been in there multiple times we've asked for Nwosu we've got Nwosu and today Nwosu was a no-show to the fourth quarter and I would also like to add on what went wrong is past few games we get beat by one play the Broncos game for example we kept getting beat by the deep end this game we kept getting beat by a quick slant or a quick hook and that's what was also keeping the pass rush at bay. And we never adjusted to it. We kept sitting there, man-on-man coverage, one-on-one, letting them do it. And it's like, how are you going to stop this team if you're not going to adjust and maybe do a little different zone technique, something to really screw with their head so they have to second-guess it and get sacked? The Chargers did catch a couple breaks in this game, but they also, John, besides that Mike Williams catch, which was absolutely a catch, and I don't know what that referee was looking at. The ball never moved when he went to the ground. But the other play was the blatant pass interference that was missed on Keenan Allen when the Chargers had to settle for their second-to-last field goal. The Chargers got absolutely robbed on that one. Keenan Allen got mugged. But that's not what won or lost this game at the end of the day. And Uchenna Nwosu, John, wasn't on the field very much until that fourth quarter. They were going with a lot of Isaac Rochelle, Joey Bosa, Melvin Ingram, which is understandable. But, yeah, that was one of the only times a guy beat a block and actually got in very quickly. I mean, Joey Bosa's sack, he went basically untouched. The running back went right past him, didn't do anything to stop him. But we do have the better section of this show, which is what went right. So we're going to get into that right after this. First, I need to tell you guys about – first, I need to tell you guys that this episode is brought to you by DraftKings, but the next episode can be brought to you by your company or your product. If you're looking for a way to reach new customers – your company could be mentioned right now. Podcast listeners are 60% more likely to interact with the sponsors they hear on their podcast. And our demographic is 98% males with more education and more traditional earning than the other media audiences. Have your company sponsor this podcast by emailing me at dwade4256 at gmail.com. And the next episode can be sponsored by you. All right, guys, now it's time to get into the final segment of the show today, which is the what went right section. And the Chargers did win. I will remind you guys, I know it was ugly, but this was an absolutely huge win for the Chargers, at least as far as the AFC playoff picture, because you kept pace with the teams that were behind you. And obviously now the Broncos are out of that chase, which is good. But there was a lot that went wrong, and we're going to tell you the few things that went right Obviously, for me, I'm just going to start with the early start when you're getting creative with the football and getting creative with the plays. The offense always needs to be playing on that level. So, yes, the Chargers were able to get some drives going in the second half, but all of them stalled out. We need to see much more, David, of what we saw in the first half where the play calling seemed creative and they were actually able to get something going as opposed to all the times where the offense just stalled out. 
go back to what John said about being aggressive. Uh, I think that this is a, an offense that should have put up a lot more points than they did. Uh, but for me, what went, what I saw that went right was that Keenan Allen just continued to, you know, to play really well. He caught another touchdown pass. That, like you mentioned earlier, that's his fifth consecutive game with the touchdown reception. I mean, also just had a good overall game, five receptions, 78 yards, uh, a long of 37. Keenan Allen uh, continues to show up late in the year and play really good football. And going into Thursday, which is probably the biggest game of the year, uh, going up against the, the Chiefs in primetime on Thursday night football, there's no better time for you, your one of your best offensive weapons to play the best football of the year. And it's good to see Keenan Allen do that. Hopefully that continues on Thursday. Yeah, and hopefully Philip Rivers can get up to this level. This was just a, an average game, I would say, for Philip Rivers. I would not say it's a good game. But, John, what did you see that went right in this game for you? How about the fact that John Kegley said it wasn't going to be a blowout? I think that went right. Um, <laughs> besides that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Derwin James, baby. That, he was, was all over the field again. He's so consistent. And we begged this year for someone to be consistent on this team. We have guys that show up one year like, okay, this guy's pretty good. And then the next year it's like, what happened to this guy? It's kind of like Donald Butler all over again. And we got Derwin James who's been consistent every game, all over the field, making plays, making stops on fourth downs. He stepped up big. I feel like he's a big reason why this game – wasn't a loss, in my opinion. You could, you could say the kicker, but there's only so much a kicker can do compared to what a defensive player can do. Fully expect him to be on the top five players this week, pro football focus, grading-wise, because he was really one of the only players that stood out consistently on the Chargers' defense. But, John, let's talk about the kicking. I mean, it, it has to be a good thing that a Chargers kicker came in and made four field goals in the same game. I don't think we've seen that over the last two seasons. And one thing we've never seen is a Chargers kicker make a 59-yard field goal. So that definitely has to be part of the good in this game and the what went right part of it. Because Michael Badgley has ice running through his veins, especially after last week missing a field goal, having the game-winning field goal on the third attempt to be able to come into this game and knock every point through that and every point mattered in this game. And the last thing I'll talk about before we get off was just the Chargers found a way to win, and I know it was ugly, and I know that it's not great looking forward to Thursday's game when you play the way that the Chargers did. But at the same time, the Chargers defense came up with the play at the end of the game, even though it was getting diced up and stopped the two-point conversion for, I mean, the third time a Chargers defense has stepped up and basically ended a game the Chargers looked like they were going to lose. And so you have to give them credit for that in the what went right section as well. Yeah, Daniel. And hey, guys, just a quick reminder. This is the first time that the Chargers have double-digit wins since 2009. Okay? They picked up their 10th win on the year. They're 10-3, and three, and that feels awesome. Okay? I mean, it is awesome. They're having a great year. 10-3, and three, just soaking in a little bit. And then we got to get back to business against – the Kansas City Chiefs, the biggest rival that the Chargers have. So they got to go in, play good football. But again, 10 and 3, enjoy it a little bit. Yeah, 10 and 3 is great, you know. And I definitely think the Chargers needed to be 10 and 3 the way this AFC playoff picture is shaking out. It's going to be really close 
towards the end of the season. But at the same time, this game still allows the Chargers to control their own destiny, which is all they could really ask for at this point, going down the final stretch of the season. And now you get to go play the Chiefs on Thursday night on a short week in Arrowhead, which is going to be the biggest game of the year because, David, yes, it's been a rivalry, but I think it's only been a rivalry for the Chargers because the Chiefs have been the hammer and the Chargers have been the nail in these last nine games that they played against them. But the Chargers have the chance to go win the game that no one thinks they're going to win, and a lot of times they seem to play better under those circumstances. But that's going to wrap things up for today's show. We'll get that DraftKings link for you guys probably before this show even comes out. We'll have that out there so you guys can join our league. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at LockedOnLAC and to like our Facebook page, LockedOnChargers, as well as subscribe to us on iTunes or Spotify or even Pandora now, wherever you get your podcast from, so you can get every new episode every day of the week. But we'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Until then, take it easy and go bowl.